0: Samus is under fire. She sent an emergency director. Join the fight. Calling all Metroid fans. If you've been dying for a Metroid podcast to listen to on the road to Metroid Prime 4, you're in luck. Introducing the Omega Metroid Podcast. The only weekly Metroid show on the internet. Join Andy Spiteri of the Champions cast and eSports personality Dakota the Rapture Lasky as they explore the world of Metroid and talk Samus, Space Pirates, and Nintendo every Tuesday. Finally, a show for Metroid fans by Metroid fans. Subscribe on Podbean and iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Omega Metroid Pod. See you next mission. and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spiteri, joined as always by the one and only Allison Aletha Al. Happy Mother's Day uh, to you and, and your fur babies over there. How you doing?
1: Yay, I have fur babies. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. This week has been so off for me. I went to Vegas last weekend. And it was fun, but it was a hundred degrees of desert heat, and my feet were dying, and I came back and I had heat rash, and my feet swelled up, and I was just like, "Oh i I need a vacation for my vacation, um but I'm doing a lot better now, thank goodness, but yeah, it was kind of weird adjusting I was only there for three days, but I had to adjust for a full week back
0: let me let me tell you, Al, I feel really sorry for you going to Vegas." And coming back, <laughs> just just saying. Uh, no, that that sounds that sounds like it was a nice getaway. Actually, one of my buddies is in Vegas right now as we speak, and it's so surreal oh, because nice. you know up here uh, we're circling the drain, and down there it's kind of like things are coming back to a little bit of normalcy, which is nice to see. So I'm, I'm yeah, happy that you it, got to go.
1: It definitely seemed normal Vegas wise. Yeah. <laughs> <Like, laughs>
0: Uh, uh, well, uh, we have, we have got a good show for everybody listening today, um, but before we get there, I guess that we should talk about a few, uh, things going on in the, in the, in the world of Zelda Dungeon here, um, first and foremost, Al, the universe did not take our bait for having a pre-taped Champions cast last week and give us some Zelda Uh, news, uh, very disappointed in that.
1: Yeah, right? Dang.
0: Thought, thought for sure that we would get something and, and our episode would be rendered obsolete, but... I guess the universe wanted to play ball, so there is that. Um, really exciting thing for any Zelda creators out there. If you are an artist, if you are a cosplayer, if you make crafts or, or whatever, um, if you have a podcast, then this is for you, my friends. Uh, Linktober's Zelda Creator Con is coming back for its second year. It's kind of like a virtual uh, Comic-Con where you can show off all of your wares. Um, tickets are available right now. I think it's about a dollar to get into Zelda Creator Con, so you definitely want to go and check that out. Um, on the main Zelda Dungeon page, it is uh, it is the first story that you will see, and of course, Linktober.com will have all the information. The Champions cast is going to be back. We're going to be doing another live show for Linktober Creator Con, uh, exact time and day to be announced, but I'm looking forward to that. I was super hungover last year for CreatorCon, so I'm going to try and right my <laughs> wrongs and, uh, and put in a better show. Although I have to pat myself on the back, because I think I, I think I did a pretty good job, you know, all things considered, last year.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I think, I think we made a pretty good episode, considering that we were talking about Phantom Hourglass. And, you know, uh, Mossies and I are both fans of that game, but not everybody else is. So I, I feel like that was a pretty good episode, considering the, the subject. And your hangover. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, so so you know what? And I'm going to throw it out there too. I, I think that, so last year we did a, a game uh, retrospective. If you have any suggestions, listeners, of what you want us to cover this year, I'm open to ideas. If you want us to cover another game, if there's a topic that you've been looking forward to, uh, hit us up over on Twitter, at Spateri316, at Allison Aletha. And, and let us know, because I'm, I'm taking suggestions, by God. Um, so, yeah, make sure that you do that. And, of course, like I said, this is going down June 18th, June 20th. Hopefully, we have some new Zelda news by by that time. E3 is, is right around the corner, by God, and I, I can't believe it. It's so close. Um, one other thing, though, before we get into today's show, which is going to be all about ranking and talking about the different Zeldas, is uh, we have a really cool feature up on Zelda Dungeon right now. Um, senior or copy editor, excuse me, David Lasby, tracked down a, a editor for the Netflix series Castlevania, which is an awesome show. I think that everybody listening uh, to this, if you have not seen Castlevania, you gotta check it out. But he tracked down a dude by the name of David Howe. He's an editor for Powerhouse Animation Studios, and David Howe wants to see a Zelda anime done in a similar Castlevania style. So they just had a casual chat about like what he would want that show to look like. Of course, you know, this is just his personal opinions. Is not an indication of, of anything coming. Is not reflected company. But it's a really fascinating read. Um, David Laspy did a really good job with this. So shout out to, to Laspy and, and, you know, shout out to David Howe from Powerhouse Animation. He has a lot of cool and frank responses to uh, some of David's questions about what a Zelda anime would look like in, in 2021. So a very cool read.
1: Yeah, it was super awesome. And, like, I'm one of those people ha- who hasn't watched Castlevania, but the art style is really amazing, and I've seen some of, like, the scenes, the animation style for it as well, and I think, like, I-, I couldn't agree more. So that would that would be exciting. Again, it's not saying that it's happening or anything like that, but still.
0: Nelson, I don't want you back on this show until you've seen at least one episode <laughs> of Castlevania, by God. Really? It's so good. It's so good.
1: Yeah. You- you know, I, I always take a minute to get into things that everybody else is into. Like, for example, I also... Oh, God, you're going to you're gonna kill me for this. I haven't watched anything from Stranger Things. Uh, I, I know you're a big fan of that show, and I know a lot of people are, too. It just takes me a while. And then the cool thing is that when I do get into it, it's usually when it's ended. So, for example, I got into Schicks Creek when it ended, and so I got right. to watch the whole thing, and I didn't have to wait for it, so...
0: You know what? I, just I, game I game. really appreciate that, actually. I did the same thing with Game of Thrones. I did not watch it at all, not one episode until, like, it was done, so I could just watch it all. Um, yeah. I think I did... I almost did the same thing with Breaking Bad. I, we, we watched... Um, I think Season 5 was, like, just premiering when I started watching it, so by the time I was, like, done, I was caught up, and I was like, oh my god, this rules. Um, but there are some shows that I just, like... I've watched and now there is another season coming and it's like, oh my God, I got to, I got to wait for this. Forever so, away. Yeah. 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 The, the expanse. Have you ever watched the expanse? I haven't. No. Oh, it's, it's, it's such, such good sci-fi. So good. Um, but I like there's uh, it's up to season five and they're just like season six is the last season and it's, and it's not on Amazon prime yet. I don't even think it's come out yet actually. So yeah, I'm just like, ugh, now I got to wait forever and ever and ever. So I, 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 you know, I respect that. Yeah.
1: I'm the same. Um, like, uh, Shadow and Bone just came out on Netflix and it's based off a book series that I read years ago. So I was really excited for it and I watched it in a day and (laughs) like the first day it came out and I don't know what to do with myself for however long it's going to take for them to come out with the next season.
0: Okay. I got a deep cut for you before we finally move on to some Zelda here in February, February 14th. It was Valentine's day of like, I think it was 2013 House of Cards Season 2 came out, and I was so excited for House of Cards. I was single, and I was like, I was like, okay, I'm going to go, and I went to the store. I bought myself a bag of chips. I bought myself, like, 12 chicken tenders, and I went upstairs and watched, like, House of Cards literally all day. Uh, and that was my Valentine's Day that year, and that was a pretty sweet Valentine's Day. I'm not going to lie.
1: Nice. Nice. That's awesome. But, of course, you binged it, so. Yes, it yeah. was over.
0: It was over, and that House of Cards was never as good as it was back uh, back in 2013, I'll just say. But let's get to some Legend of Zelda, by God, uh, and talk about Princess Zelda today, which is something that we, we don't really often talk about. In fact, I don't think we've ever really focused on the different iterations of all of the characters in the series. Like, you know, we've talked about Ganondorf, we've talked about Link, we've talked about Zelda, Impa, all those guys... But we've never really sat down and, and went to like, this is my favorite iteration or favorite interpretation of this character from game to game, and here's why. So we thought it would be fun to do that today. And what what bigger or better name to start that off with than the namesake of the series herself, Princess Zelda. So, Allison, this is what I'm proposing. I think that we go chronologically. We start with NES Zelda, and we end off at Age of Calamity, and we talk about... The different iterations of Princess Zelda, what what we like about the design, what we like about the the story, what we like about the character arc, anything else that we want to add in there, uh, not not ranking necessarily, but maybe we'll give it a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. I don't know. We could just rank. What do you what do you want to do here, Al?
1: Um, I I'm actually kind of excited to talk about this because I feel like my feelings towards the different Zeldas have changed so much over the years. Like I know, ne- uh, there was a time where I wasn't really a huge Zelda as a character fan, but I I've changed my ways. I tell you, so I'm kind of excited to talk about it. But I I don't know if I want to rank, like not a definitive ranking, but I guess thumbs up, thumbs down is pretty good, or in the middle where you kind of feel indifferent. I think that's a good way.
0: Yeah, let, let's do that. I think we were just ranking stuff last week or two weeks ago or whatever that was. Uh, let's just let's just use the old thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs do in the middle not rank here.
1: Things? Uh, yeah,
0: I know. Um, okay, well, let's, let's go all the way back to the very, very beginning and let's talk about princess Zelda from the legend of Zelda, uh, for the NES. You know, um, there's not really much here. She's not really a, a like fully fleshed out character in the way that, you know, we would, we would know her to be later in the series. But mm-hmm. I do think that um I think that her artwork is cool. I think that the sprite is cool. She's got brown hair instead of like the traditional blonde hair, which I think is neat. Um so you know this is like a and this is a different time, right? Like most of the storytelling was done in the game manual rather than you know rather than in the actual uh video game itself. But you know I I think that for Yeah, you know, for, like, the first appearance, putting yourself in context of, um, of, you know, being in 1986, this is a, this is a decent depiction of Princess Zelda.
1: Um, I have to be super honest, I, like, I haven't seen this Zelda in such a long time that I'm looking at her now and I just, like, it's, it's kind of funny because she doesn't look like the Zelda I know at all, but... I mean I know that that this is her and so for me this is kind of like one of those things where I'm really indifferent because I don't play this game often enough or in like at all recently um to really have that much of an opinion and like you said she's not really fleshed out that much either so she doesn't make a very lasting impression um on you as the player and if you didn't read the um the the guidebook that came with it, like me, I I have no idea anything about her. Yeah. So this is where I wouldn't give her a thumbs down because that's not really fair. I would be super indifferent kind of in the middle about her.
0: Yeah, I think that would be the same. I, I'm not going to thumbs down her because, you know, video games were just different back then, and, and they're not... They weren't the storytelling medium that they are now or that, you know, they would later become. But, I mean, in good conscience, you can't really give her a thumbs up either, particularly because... You know, this is certainly of the day and age where the princess gets captured and you have to go rescue her, and that's kind of your... That's the whole premise of your video game right there. So, yeah, this is a thumbs in the middle for me.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that.
0: Well, here's here's a weird one, and I actually had to double double check my research because as far as I know, the the links of The Legend of Zelda and The Adventure of Link are the same link, but I was pretty sure that the Zeldas weren't the same too, and, and doing my research here, uh, and someone could correct me if I'm wrong, I probably am, but the Zeldas are different, even though there are, it's a different, or it's the same Princess Zelda, I'm confusing myself even just saying it, but we've got yeah. the same Link, but a different Zelda, and this Zelda is basically under a Sleeping Beauty curse, and she's been put to sleep, and you gotta go and rescue the, um, uh, or track down all the pieces of the Triforce to to wake her up, and this is actually the first time that the Triforce of Courage is introduced, I do believe, into the series, so this is kind of cool, a a, a cool idea, but again, Zelda doesn't really do much here, um, she's literally sleeping the whole game, you know, there is a little bit of story, uh, in the manual, but again, not really much for Princess Zelda to do, so I, I don't know, I, I feel like I almost want to thumbs down it for the confusing, like, you know, is this the same Zelda? Is it not the same Zelda? Um, but I, I, I'm just going to be generous here and give it a thumbs in the middle, I think.
1: Yeah, uh, this one's a little... I feel even less about this one than I do the previous one, just because, you know, Adventure of Link, it's not my favorite game. Everybody knows that.
0: Yeah. And
1: and like, like you said, she's not very active in this story as well. So she's asleep the whole time. You kinda save her at the end and that's great. I does she kinda give Link a smooch or something in this one, like behind a curtain, or is that the first one? I don't remember. I I feel like there was a great question. I feel like
0: that's a I feel like that's the first one.
1: Okay. So I mean that's kinda cute though. Um if that's really what happens. Somebody can just come in and be like, uh Alison you don't know what you're talking about, which is true most of the time. Um, I, I, again, I just feel indifferent. It's hard for me to be, like, thumbs down, thumbs up, because it's not really fair when I don't have much, uh, thought ever going into this Princess Zelda, like, ever.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, you pretty much nailed it on the head. Like, what else? There's not really a lot that you can say about the, the first two appearances from Princess Zelda in the series. She's really just there as a... Man, dare I say, almost just as a MacGuffin, like something to rescue or something for Link to do in the game, uh, Mm -hmm. which is too bad. And and it's great to see how she has evolved as a character over the years. But yeah, I mean, you look at the first two entries in the series and there's not really a whole lot there for her to do, unfortunately. Um, But we do get her a little bit more involved in A Link to the Past. So A Link to the Past, I feel like is, uh, I feel like it's another thumbs in the middle, maybe bordering towards thumbs up for me. Uh, first and foremost, I think that the sprite work for Zelda looks really cool. Again, she has brown hair. And I don't know if it's just me. Like, I always picture Zelda with blonde hair. Mm. Uh, so, it's always, like, I don't know, weird to, to see, like, Zelda with brown hair. Um, which is, like, sounds superficial, but I don't know. It's it's just, it's kind of odd, right? So, that that always sticks out to me. But I think that her sprite looks great in this video game. Um, you know what? I mean, she does get captured, And you do have to go rescue her, but at least she does have a little bit of agency in this game. She, you know, she, she hooks up with all the other maidens at the end of the game and, and, you know, kind of breaks the barrier around Ganon's tower and lets you go in. Um, and she has a cool little moment at the ending, uh, where, you know, she's, she's with the Triforce and she's by her, by her father. And, uh, you know, she's got the, the six maidens around her and, and, you know, the world is saved or whatever. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. Um. Still, we're we're definitely in 1991. We're definitely still in the in the era of like the princess gets captured and and the hero goes and rescues her. Um. I don't think it would be until some latter games that we would see Zelda really start to come into her own. I always thought that Zelda was a bit stuffy in A Link to the Past. Um. <laughs> and I, and frankly, like everybody's a little bit stuffy in A Link to the Past. It's a very formal game in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um. Kind of missing that. That, like, humor uh, or charm or maybe... Charm, I think, might be the word I'm looking for that some of the latter Zelda games would have. People are probably going, you know, crazy over this, but that's just how I feel. Um, so, yeah, she's uh, she's okay in this game. I would say this is my third, like, thumbs in the middle.
1: Um, She definitely is more prominent in this game than the first two, which is a good thing. And I would agree, like, her sprite is actually pretty cute looking. And, um... I, I always appreciate the first portion of the game so you hear her like telepathically as Link and she's like, Come to the castle and he just is like, Oh, okay. And like <laughs> he just goes on a rainy night, like nothing's wrong. Um, and he goes and saves her, which is pretty cool. I, I like the fact that she like was able to uh speak telepathically to him or at all instead of just being stuck in there and you know, how else was the world gonna get saved? Um but I also really like moving through, like, the sewers and stuff with her and stuff while she's following you. I just think her sprite's really cute looking and the way they move is uh, pretty nice. Uh, for the brown hair thing, I mean, she comes back with brown hair. And we'll talk about her later uh, in Twilight Princess, which was definitely what well, I, I can agree. It was kind of odd to see because it was like blonde, 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 and then brown haired Zelda. But I think it's cool when they mix things up like that and uh, kind of make her look different and um change I I think her eyes change color in Breath of the Wild like she has green eyes now or something. So, I think it's cool when they change features of the main characters just because like it can get boring sometimes if you just have one looking the same over and over and over again. But uh, like obviously you want them to kind of be the same in some way, but it doesn't always have to be the same appearance. So I I dig the brown hair. And yeah. Um, other than that, you know, she kind of—I think she speaks telepathically, like through the tiles, like Sarastrola does, or whatever his name is. And that's about it for the rest of the game, aside from, you know, the part she plays at the end or getting captured again. So, like, she definitely has like a more prominent role in this game, and I think it was a good starting point for how Zelda characters, Zelda's character, like evolves throughout the series. So I'm going to give this one a thumbs up for me.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, fair enough. Let's, let's get to the first time that I feel like the Zelda, the character was like really integral to the story. And that is Ocarina of time. And we'll throw her like brief, brief, brief appearance of Majora's mask in here as well. But really we're just talking about Ocarina of time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is, this is a big thumbs up. One of my favorite interpretations of Zelda, particularly when she is, a kid. And I guess we have to make a distinction here of if we're including her actions as Sheik as part of this, or if Sheik is almost like her own character, even though we know that that is Zelda. Where do you fall on that, Al?
1: Um, if you had asked me a few years ago, I would have said Sheik is her own character um, in that uh, I had this whole thing about it, but I feel like as I've grown up and stuff like that, I, I understand that, this is kind of weird to say, Zelda is Sheik, I don't think they're separate. I I, I know there's, like, a, a debate about that, but it's just... That is that is Zelda. She's in disguise. She's getting the work done that she's supposed to, or at least putting the plots in motion that she knows she's supposed to do in order to save the world. Like, she's doing her job in order to save the world as Sheik, though, so that she doesn't get noticed by Ganondorf. So that's kind of how I feel about it.
0: Okay. Because um, cause I... I separated them a little bit actually because I was thinking and then you can almost separate them into three here like young Zelda, adult Zelda, and then Sheik. And I I kind of separated what Sheik does a little bit just cuz in my mind it's just kind of like separating like the stuff that Batman and Bruce Wayne do a little bit and like mm-hmm. if we were talking about Bruce Wayne, we wouldn't necessarily be talking about Batman, but Yeah. Um you know this is definitely a thumbs up and and I'm going to remove Sheik a little bit here, but I really love the, uh, the child Zelda. Like the, when she's a kid, she's so, I mean, first of all, she's like, she's spunky, but she still has that, that formalness about her in a way. Um, and you know, you can, she's very mu- they're very much fleshing out the, um, the sense of destiny and like how she is going to be so integral to everything that's happening. I like that, uh, she messes up and, and that she in fact basically plays right into Ganondorf's hands and lets him break into the temple of time. I, I like really, really love that. I still love it. I was not expecting it the first time that I played Ocarina of time. I was just like, Oh my God, I just let this guy waltz right in here and, and you know, take the, take the Triforce is what I thought as a kid. So I, I really like that because, you know, for me playing Ocarina of time as a kid, that was really identifiable. Um, and then, you know what? Even, even excluding what she does as Sheik, which is pretty cool. All the stuff that, you know, the songs she teaches you are just like cool ninja stuff and her fighting the big shadow monster in Kakariko. Um, Even when she comes back as like an adult, yes, she gets captured like right away, which is kind of lame, but she, you know, she's with you at the end. She, she gives you the light arrows. She seals Ganon with, with her light powers. I think that that is very cool. Um, The design of Zelda is very cool in this game, very, like, I don't know, princessy, regal looking. I think that her design looks great. So, yeah, this is this is a big thumbs up for me. I love Zelda in this game. Um, I just, yeah, I thought she was really, like, relatable, maybe, uh, when I was first playing it. And that's always kind of stuck with me over the years. So, I uh, yeah, I really love Zelda in Ocarina of Time.
1: Um, This is an interesting one for me, just because when I was a lot younger, I... Gave her such a hard time, Ocarina of Time Zelda. And that's because I was just looking at surface level. I'm like, man, she really effed up. If she had just listened to the adults that said they had it handled, then none of this would have happened and the world would have been fine. (laughs) And then also, when that whole timeline stuff came out, I'm like, that's Zelda's fault that it's split into three timelines. (laughs) (laughs) So I, like, blamed her for everything. But when I got older and was, like, able to more think about it more critically and that kind of stuff, like, I understand uh, her purpose in this game and um, just I was able to be more forgiving because you're right. She is a kid, and you could relate to that as a child. You're, like, thinking the adults don't know. They don't listen to children, so we're going to try and take things into our own hands. I'm the one who had the – you know, right. that fortune dream that said that this guy's a bad guy and nobody's listening to me, so I'm going to do it. And she did, and I think that's actually really cool and brave of her as a child to have that dream and nobody, no adults listening, so I'm going to do this myself. And I think that's really pretty brave of her to do. And um, Link gets involved and helps her, and that's great. And yes, they do mess up and let him uh, Gandorf in to the uh, Sacred Realm, and he takes over and Link is out of it for seven years (laughs) like um I really like that theory too so this is where I'll bring Sheik into it I like that theory where one of the split timelines is that uh Link dies right so Zelda goes back and she becomes Sheik so that she can do everything is needed to help Link survive and win so that's Whoa. like one of the theories for the, the downfall timeline, which I just think is so cool. Like she's like, okay, that didn't work. Let's go back. I'm going to be this uh, Sheikah warrior and kind of guide him along without doing it. Like um, maybe she knows that if she tried to do certain things herself, it would also fail. So she kind of guides you along on your journey so that you do you are victorious, which I just think is so cool. And also like kind of noble too. So I know this is just a theory, but I, I have it as a severe headcanon in my mind. I just think it's kinda noble that she's like, I know my place, I know what I'm supposed to do in order for the in order for us to beat this guy. So I, I really like this Zelda. I'm definitely giving her a thumbs up. Two thumbs up.
0: It it was nice to see like a Zelda that wasn't immediately perfect. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she did mess up. Um and, and I feel like Zelda before and after has kind of had that issue where it's like she's just like such a perfect figure so that when, in, in instances where she does have these mistakes that she makes, it, it kind of feeds into like, it's like, okay, she has the Triforce of Wisdom and like it feels like she's earned that wisdom through the mistakes that she's made. And mm. yeah, she was a kid and she acted impulsively as as a child would. So I thought that that was really great. The only thing I, like I said, I don't really love that she gets kidnapped like right away but yeah. you know, that, that is what it is. Um, and I and I think that's acceptable. Cause like the whole thing is like she's she's very much risking her her disguise to to tell Link and give him the light arrows and stuff. So like that was almost kind of the risk for the payoff of, of getting that weapon to defeat Ganon with. So yeah, I like um, I like her in, in Ocarina of Time. I think she's great. Well, I'm gonna give my first thumbs down to Zelda here, Allison. In Uh-oh. the Oracle games, and she shows up. Uh, I believe it's uh- only, <laughs> it's only in a linked game. I want to say that she shows up. I could be wrong. Yeah,
1: I think so but too. But Zelda,
0: Zelda shows up. Her sprite looks cool. The official artwork looks cool, by the way. She's she's obviously very much a kid, but Zelda shows up, and she's kind of not really doing a whole lot. She comes to, you know, whatever whatever world that you happen to be in, and she's with Impa, and she's just like, you know what. I'm going to go out and explore and gets captured literally immediately by twin Rova. And then you have to go and save her. It's so (laughs) lazy. It's so like cliche. Um, Yes. It's like, it's bonus content. So whatever, it doesn't have to be super, you know, it doesn't have to be like five out of five storytelling here, but like, come on. It's so, it's, it's so tired. It's such a tired exercise where like she just gets, kidnapped immediately again come on we can do better this is a thumbs down appearance for me
1: um i think the funny thing is that the majority of people that played the oracle games probably didn't link them and so they probably had no idea that zelda was even in these games and um you're right she just kind of shows up so and plus you've also just played like eight dungeons worth of uh a game that's actually really relatively long um which uh, for some reason always surprises me i know that like there are long zelda games that have that many dungeons but for some reason i just wasn't thinking the oracle games would be like that so then you have this bonus content and zelda pops up out of nowhere and she hasn't been part of the story the whole time so she kind of just pops up and and like you said she gets captured and that's it so it's, like, there's not much story to it. There's not much where she's involved. I do agree that she looks super cute. And uh, this is one of one of probably my favorite, actually, images of her. Um, definitely not my favorite, but one of. I just think she's super cute in this one. But otherwise, like, she's just not involved. And she kind of comes just to be captured so that you can have some bonus content in the game. And that's really it. And that's kind of – that's almost a little bit worse than, than – the first two games where it's just the first two games were testing the waters of the Zelda character and the story where you just kind of have to save her at the end, you know? So (laughs) I feel like this was like a step backwards. So I would, I would say thumbs down.
0: Imagine, imagine too, like you're linking the games together. You've already rescued Nehru. You've already rescued Din. Does it not just make sense to like have Feror be captured as the Oracle of secrets, like secretly linking these games together to A, give her something more to do in the game, but then to not have to shoehorn Zelda in to get captured again. No. I feel like it does, but... I mean, I guess at the end of the day, who really cares? Um, <laughs> let's let's lump Four Swords and Four Swords Adventures together here. There might be a difference between the two, but I'm not really sure what it is. Um, again, not really much to speak of here, but I do want to actually talk about Zelda's design in these games because I think it looks really cool. She's got these, like... What would you call these things, Al? Like like devil horns almost? She's got these red devil horn looking things on her head. It looks very, very cool.
1: I think it's just a bow in her hair.
0: <laughs> That's the most fearsome looking bow I have ever seen. <laughs> that, you, could, you could cut someone with that bow.
1: <laughs> I understand what you mean. I just think that the art, you know, the pixel art was very limited, so they put a bow in her hair in this like ponytail kind of thing but it just looks yeah it kind of looks like devil horns.
0: <laughs> oh. So I mean, you know, old story here Zelda gets captured um in Four of Swords Adventures. There is a lot of cool stuff that does happen in Four of Swords Adventures lore-wise. You you find out about like the Dark Mirror and the and the Tower of Winds, the Realm of the Heavens. There's lots of different cool stuff here. But um similar story for Zelda here. She gets captured. And once you defeat Vadi, she's released, and it helps you defeat Ganon. Nothing really spectacular here.
1: Yeah, this one's, um, I'm kind of indifferent. So my take on, on this is that I've only played Four Swords with other people, and I've never really paid attention to the story just because we're at the marathon and we're just playing through this game trying to get through it and have everybody at least have a turn on it. So I don't know, or I'm not familiar with the story very much, but it sounds like there's not really one to be familiar with. So Not really, no. Yeah, since it's kind of unfair for me to do a thumbs down or thumbs up in that case, I'll just do indifferent and do a thumbs in the middle.
0: Yeah, that would be my answer as well. Uh, Cool design, but... Not cool a lot devil there. Horns. Yeah, cool <laughs> devil horns, but devil horns only get you so far. Um, okay, let's talk about Zelda in the Wind Waker, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pull something shocking here, Allison. I'm gonna say thumbs down.
1: Oh, ouch. Now, <laughs> why?
0: <laughs> because I want to make it. I want to make it very clear that I am drawing a a big line in the sand, distinction between Tetra and between Zelda, because. Okay. They're they're different in the game, and it's one of the reasons that I'm giving Zelda a thumbs down is because I feel like when Tetra turns into Zelda, it's like almost a 180 character shift. Not not quite, but it's it's very. I feel like it's very sudden, uh, and, and it is a very I don't know jarring shift from like this spunky pirate that you're meeting to like someone. And you know what? I, I get the I get the story is like Tetra is embracing her like, Destiny as Princess Zelda, and she's, you know, trying to act the part, but, I don't know, I just, I just feel like, again, this was kind of, like, unnecessary, or it was shoehorned in a little bit, I feel like, um, Zelda could've been, like, Tetra could've been Zelda without literally having to change into, like, the whole princess garb, you know what I mean? Like, Tetra could've been Zelda, and just, the, the line could've been, like, you are a descendant of Princess Zelda, and, like, you have the royal blood in you, And they could have kept her as is instead of, like, magically changing her into, like, a completely different look, a completely different, like, character. I don't know. It it was just very jarring to me. I really, really love the ending battle with uh, with Zelda and Ganondorf and Link. Uh, I think that that's a spectacular final battle. But, um, you know, like, she turns into Zelda. She gets captured. And that's... I don't know. That's that's kind of that. Like there, she doesn't really do a whole lot once she's actually Princess Zelda, other than stay in Hyrule Castle at the bottom. And like before that, Tetra was so engaged in the plot; she was helping drive the story forward. She had like such character, such personality. I just feel like turning her into Zelda actually took away and weighed her down. What say you to that, Alison? I
1: I feel like there's a reason for everything in this game, so I'm going to explain things and maybe change your mind. Okay. Okay,
0: okay I, I hope you do. I hope you do.
1: Okay, so Tetra, she's great. She's a spunky little, like, back-talking pirate, and she's got she's got guts, she's brave, she's all that. She's And she's, like, 10 years old running a whole pirate crew. They all listen to her, which is pretty cool. Yeah, shout funny. out to Tetra. Yeah, she's funny, and she's, like, she's a little bit ruthless, which is pretty cool. You don't really see that. So the moment that Ganondorf realizes who she is, that's when the king around lions or... You know, spoilers, King Daphnis is like, ah, crap. Okay, well, you can't go back up there because now Ganondorf knows where Zelda is, who Zelda is, and how to get to her. So that's why King Daphnis tells her who she is. And if if it were me and I was this, like, you know, queen of the pirates and I was just told that I was a freaking princess and, like, I had this whole history of a sunken empire down under the sea, I'd be kind of flipping out. So I feel like she's more in shock than taking on a personality that isn't hers. I feel like she's in shock and she's kind of still trying to understand what is happening to her, what her story is. I would have maybe even a little bit of an identity crisis because she's like, I always thought I was this person, but here I'm this long lost princess. So I feel like it's not so much a personality shift. She's just in shock and just kind of is like doesn't know what to do. And so you leave her there at the bottom for her own safety because now Ganondorf knows who she is. And you complete the game, get to the end. She is captured, obviously, which, you know, is like just a staple for Zelda. Get to the end, and when she wakes up, that's when she kind of comes back to herself as Tetra, and she's making those snarky remarks still, and she's the one who's coming up with the plan to defeat Ganondorf, like the whole thing to reflect the light arrows off the shield. That's all her idea. And if you don't do it fast enough, she yells at you. So (laughs) she still has her very Tetra-like personality at the end. And um, when you are leaving the, the, like, land of Hyrule, old Hyrule, to go search for new Hyrule with her, she's back to being Tetra. So, like, she probably accepts her destiny, and she's like, yeah, I'm Zelda, but I'm still this pirate, like, princess person here, and that's who I want to be, and that's who I am. So she takes back on the role of Tetra at the end. So I'm going to give her a big thumbs up because she definitely has a lot of development throughout the entire story.
0: You know what? I, I don't think you convinced me. I think I'm still going to stick Ugh. with my original thumbs down.
1: And L- Listen, three. I...
0: But, but again, I am, I am making a distinct line and sand difference between Tetra and between Zelda. Because I, I feel like that scene where she just like transforms and she's in the dress and she's got her hair down. I feel like that's just a really awkward scene. Like, that, that could have think, been accomplished without without that.
1: You don't think a little 10-year-old being told that she's a princess that in, like, her entire kingdom is down under the water and that she, like, has this responsibility and destiny isn't just, like, traumatizing and she's not in shock or anything?
0: You know what? I, I can buy that, but I i just... Maybe I just don't like it. The, there you go. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't... I just... I wanted Tetra to be Tetra from start to finish and, you know, yes, I wanted her to go through a character arc of, you know, maybe, I, I understand what they were doing. I guess I just didn't really love it and how they pulled it off. Like, I think that she could have gotten the information that she was in fact Zelda or like the, the heir to the Zelda name, if you will, because that's basically what she was and it could have affected her in, in maybe a different way other than just like, okay, we're going to stay hidden in the castle, and then we're going to get captured. So, you know what? Yeah, she she does revert back to Tetra at the end of the game, but I I feel like it just didn't really... it That, that didn't really do anything for me. I didn't feel like there was adequate, I don't know, payoff, I guess, to that story. And uh, there there you go. Just my villainous take, Allison.
1: Okay, that's fine, I guess.
0: Um, all right, I well, let's guess. move on. Let's move on before we're, we're not on speaking terms here. Let's talk about uh, the Minish Cap and Zelda shows up in here. Very cool sprite. I love Zelda sprite in this game, but this is another one. I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a thumbs in the middle just because I'm biased towards the Minish Cap, but I mean, (laughs) really, you know, she's doing the same old, same old. She is, uh, she's getting captured. She is an object to be saved. And that's unfortunately really all that she does
1: yeah i mean i get it i i always really like uh starting that game and she's so cute and like bouncing around super excited about the festival or whatever the heck is going on in town and i and i think it's really cute that she's close friends with link and she's the one who comes to pick him up and that kind of stuff because you don't really see that very often in you know zelda games it's usually just like link waking up and starting his adventure but this time it's zelda waking him up and i just thought that was really cute so I adore how much her character is involved in the beginning, but yeah, she's captured and you have to save her and there's nothing there's not too much involvement throughout the game if I remember correctly. So um I think she's cute and great, but I don't know, I might thumbs down this one.
0: Yeah, I I can feel that. You know what? Actually, we should have backed up here for a quick second because the Zelda in uh in phantom hourglass and in wind waker are are really the same zelda here uh is there anything you want to add for the phantom hourglass version or should we just talk about that separately
1: um i i mean to be honest there's not much that happens with tetra in phantom hourglass she is taken by bellum um again or i guess the 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 oh god whatever they're called they're like the post sisters but they're not the post sisters um uh, so, like, th- th- not a lot happens with her, but the story with her in the beginning and the end, it feels very Tetra. She's still very much, you know, that spunky little ruthless pirate girl. But there's some also funny moments with her <laughs> when she's made of stone in the middle and, like, Limeback is leaning against her and knocks her over, which is pretty funny. I know that doesn't really have anything to do with her personality or style but I always crack up when I see that so there's not much to her I'd say this is more like a thumbs in the middle but I still really like that she's still Tetra
0: yeah and like I said like since I made the distinction between Tetra and Zelda I I really didn't even consider Phantom Hourglass uh Zelda on the list um Allison we're here Twilight Princess Princess Zelda you go first. Take it away. What do you okay. think?
1: I'm never going to say anything bad about her because Catherine would kill me. So, <laughs> um, she's not my favorite Zelda, just because I feel like she's kind of, um, I, she is she a princess in this one or a queen? Yeah, she's a princess. Um, She's kind of like bland. Ugh, I hate saying that. But she's kind of just like, she is usurped by Zant, and you know, that happens. It's whatever. And... She's not really like. She's not really like, uh, kidnapped or anything, but she is being held like in her own castle against her will while she's watching all her people be like consumed by Twilight, which is pretty like upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like she's, um, she has some sense of knowing in this game where she like understands that, uh, it's not her role to save her kingdom in this one. It's more like she knows Minna is doing some stuff. That's like cuz you get the sense that they know each other when they when Link first meets her. And um she you also kind of get the sense that she knows that Link is the one who's destined to do to get stuff done, which is like a little uh, blah to me. So it's kind of upsetting. I understand the sacrifice she makes when Zant is like threatening to kill everybody and I think that's very noble and good of her to do and that the, the fact that she saves Midna is a big deal too because like I said I think she just knows that this is Midna's journey and not her own and then she just kind of shows up at the end, and she's really frustrating because she can't aim the light arrows when you're on the damn horse. Oh, my so.
0: God.
1: <laughs> but she, she's definitely, like, one of the more beautiful uh, depictions of Zelda. I think she looks super regal. My, my problem is that she just seems very bland. Right. And I'm so sorry. Catherine, please don't hate me. <laughs>
0: Okay, so you know how earlier I was talking about how Zelda is sometimes portrayed as like this all-knowing wisdom uh, is me character, but it never really feels earned. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding! Right here. <laughs> um, and, and you know what? Let me back up. Let me back up because I do want to. I do want to say I don't hate this version of Zelda actually at all. I I think that the the character looks really really great. I love the the design of Zelda, which is. Amazing because it's not like I love every design of Twilight Princess, but this Zelda looks awesome. I love the sword, it looks awesome. But you know, we I, I don't know, I, I guess bland is a word that I would use as well to describe her, especially when she's in like her cloak and stuff like that. Again, just trying to be like very mysterious, and I'm, and I'm not sure it exactly worked for me, but um, yeah, I, like some of the cutscenes that we see of her in the past when she kind of surrenders. Um, to Zant, to, to avoid, like, casualties and stuff like that. I guess you could say that that shows a little bit of her wisdom right there, but it also seems, I don't know, like, not that there's anything wrong with surrendering when you're in an unwinnable position, but it does just kind of seem like she gives up, like, immediately doesn't really have any any plot to fight back, and, like, this guy just kind of waltzed up and, and took over, like, right away with with very little pushback or confrontation. So there's that. And, um, you know, like you said, the, the final, oh God, the final horse battle is, is horrid. That's awful. (laughs) But I do love, I love the battle against Zelda, but I'm not sure that it makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, And, and here's why, and maybe, maybe I'm going to try and explain it to myself and and to you and and you could tell me if this makes sense or not. But so we get the, we get the weird scene where Zelda is just like, I will sacrifice myself for you, Midna, and she gives her her life energy, whatever that means. She just gives it over to her. But then at the end of the game, Zelda is there and her body is just flying around in in the sky. So does that mean, does that mean that like, even though Princess Zelda gave Midna her life energy and her body disappeared, does that mean her body went somewhere else and has no life energy? So Ganon put some evil energy into it and that's how... He's controlling her? Like like what?
1: Oh, Am I missing yeah. something? Oh yeah, I do remember being confused by this and I think there is a point where it kind of makes sense. I just can't remember because it's been a while since I've actually like played this thoroughly and watched the cutscenes. So somebody might have to explain that to us. Maybe um yeah, I don't know. Somebody might have to explain that to us because it was confusing because you think she like just disappeared and gave like died so that Minna could live, but she's not dead. So yeah. yeah she's she's,
0: she's right back at the end of the game. And yeah. maybe maybe Corey every time I mention Twilight Princess in its story, he's up my ass about how wrong I am. So maybe he'll tell me <laughs> what what this whole business meant, but it was very confusing, but you know what, frankly, um I thought that the fight at the end was cool, so I wasn't like too concerned about it. I was just like whatever. I did kind of think that the sacrifice scene was cheesy and but it, more so on Midna's side, I thought that it was a little bit cheesy, so I don't know. I'm like slightly willing to give it a pass. I was kind of, I was kind of hoping that your testimony would would push me one way or the other here, actually, Allison. But I'm not sure that it has. I, I feel like this is kind of like a thumbs in the middle for me.
1: Uh, yeah, I feel thumbs in the middle too. Like, like I said, she's really like this is she's this is a gorgeous like rendition of her. I think she's absolutely beautiful and she just looks so regal and poised like she's the princess she's m- supposed to be and all that kind of stuff and again she has the brown hair so that was a change that was pretty cool um but yeah there's just the game is not about her i think that's that's what i'm trying to say not so much that she's bland it's just not about her which we're used to the game being about zelda or having Zelda in some way, or if she's not really in the game, she's not really in the game, you know? Right. So it's about Minna and you're supposed to be more, paying more attention to Minna and her journey, not Zelda or Link or anything like that. So maybe instead of, like, being so negative and saying she's bland, I just think that we're not supposed to pay attention to her as much as we are Minna. So she's kind of like a background character in this game, and, like, her sacrifice, both of her sacrifices are very noble and wise and... I think that's great. So, I I'm gonna do like, can I do like a a thumb diagonal, like half up, half middle?
0: We're we're talking like a thumb. What is this like, like uh, thirty degrees?
1: Sure. Okay. 40, yeah. Forty-five degree thumb. 30,
0: Forty-five <laughs> degree thumb for for Zelda from Twilight Princess. All right. All right. Well, we got some heavy hitters to get to here, Al. So let's keep it rocking. You have not played Spirit Tracks, but I have. I have not. Although to be fair, I think Spirit Tracks is now the game in which I have not played in the longest amount of time. It's been probably five years or more. So I don't feel like I'm super, um, I don't feel like I'm super authoritative on this Zelda anymore, other than to say that there are so many things wrong with The Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks, but Princess (laughs) Zelda is not one of them. She is a charming, fantastic character. She's a companion of you around the game. Um, I really liked her depiction in this game, and I, I don't know that I really can say much else because it has been so long, other than to tell our, our listeners that um, I've got it, I've got it penciled in for this year that Allison and I will play and do a retrospective on The Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks, so at some point, we will do that.
1: Yeah, I think maybe then we can say wh- whether we give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. At least for me for sure because I haven't right. ever played this game, but I have seen it be played and I I I know that she's a little bit more of a a prominent figure in the game. She kind of is your companion throughout. So, I think that's pretty cool and exciting and I'm eager to see um like how her character is and stuff like that uh throughout the game. So, yeah, I'll just I'll just say for now that I'm undecided and I'll let you guys know later this year.
0: You know what, uh, not to pull a bait and switch here, Al, but I almost want to say the same thing for Zelda from Skyward Sword, because we are, of course, going to be doing a massive dive into the story, into the game, into the dungeons, all of that stuff. We're going to be doing that in like, my God, two months, two months time when Skyward Sword HD comes out, uh, Allison, I know that you're like smack dab in the middle of Skyward Sword. You probably have so much thoughts about Princess Zelda, I think I want to save my thoughts and just say that I think she's probably the best version of Zelda in the series. What say you?
1: Okay, yeah, I have a lot to say about Skyward Sword Zelda. I do think she's the best Zelda in the series, closely followed by probably Breath of the Wild Zelda, which I know is a shock to everyone because I used to not like Breath of the Wild Zelda. But um, I I just think the, that she's very sweet and very caring and compassionate and stuff in the beginning of the game. She loves her bird. She's really excited about becoming a knight. She's best friends with Link and she's, you know, she's got like a comedic kind of like dislike of Gruus and it's great. And I it's I just She's not think a it's princess. Cool.
0: I think that's right. so important too. It's it's different.
1: She's just like this normal girl and I just think that's really cool that you kind of get to see this like really um Like, mellow, non-regal upbringing for her, you know? So, that was neat. And then, you know, she's having these calls from down below. She's feeling her destiny. And when her destiny takes her way in this giant tornado, um, she just, she goes with it. She does not, like, whine or complain or anything. She does it. She's like, all right, I know my task. I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm on it. So, she goes through her adventure. And I would love to play this game in her point of view just to see what she goes through. Can but you imagine she, that
0: game playing as Impa and Zelda? Oh my god. Yeah, Th- this so Zelda, cool. she has agency. She doesn't wait for for anyone to capture her. She goes ahead and she tackles her destiny. And my yeah. god, the 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 single best scene in the entire series takes place midway to to 70% way through this game. Allison, you know exactly what scene I'm talking about where yeah. Zelda once again takes destiny into her hands. Oh, so I can't wait to about to I can't wait to talk about this more in just a couple months.
1: Yeah, for sure. And this is an argument that I constantly made against people who said Breath of the Wild Zelda is best because she's like holding back calamity Ganon for a hundred years, and I'm like, okay, so what? Skyward Sword Zelda held back demise for thousands of years, like literally thousands of years. She's like in that crystal for thousands of years, holding back. The imprisoned. Obviously it's not working at the end, but that's how the game is meant to be, and Link is supposed to be helping where the cracks are forming thousands of years later. So I that tells you how powerful she is. Obviously, she's like the first reincarnation of Hylia, so she's very right. powerful and and like you said, she has agency. She takes her destiny by the horns and she does it. And I just think that's really cool.
0: Um You know, you know what the other thing that I want to mention too, before we move on is this Zelda is so sweet, maybe. I'm not sure if that's the word I'm looking for, but like my, my black hardened heart that barely beats (laughs) was invested in the romance between Zelda and Link. Like it just, it makes me smile. I was cheering for them. I was rooting for them. Um, I'm I'm not one for like romance in my video game stories. I'm just like ah whatever. It's there. It's there. This this was done so perfectly and it was so touching that you know you've, even even uh, a cold hearted monster like myself was was invested <laughs> and wanted to see these guys succeed.
1: And you know what I've I've never been into the shipping wars that are in Zelda like who to ship Link with. I've never really cared. No. But I do I do agree with this, and I think it's also really cool that Zelda, like, this is such a strong moment for her. She puts her feelings for Link aside. Like, when he shows up in the second, uh, in the Earth Temple, or, the yeah, the Earth Temple dungeon, and she's like, oh my gosh, Link, it's Link, he's here, he's so excited. Empa's like, no, you got a job to do, and she's like, uh, yeah, I do. So she does her job, and she, she's like, Link, I have stuff I gotta do, so you do your thing, I'm gonna do my thing. And I think that's really really awesome instead of just like link is here he's gonna fix everything for me you know what i mean like i really like that she's a female character that is doing what she's supposed to be doing and is strong and powerful and has agency when instead of you know getting captured and being like held by the monsters for the entire game i know she gets captured at the end but she still did a lot of stuff you know and did her job before then
0: (laughs) yeah um yeah, I can't wait to talk about this more in long form. Me uh, man, too. I can't wait. I can't wait for Skyward Sword HD to come up. Oh Um Alright, we've got two more to get to here. Um and this one shouldn't take very long. A Link Between Worlds Zelda. First and foremost, this design is awesome. I love the design and I love that this design is in Super Smash Bros. Um, just mm-hmm. like such a classic, like it just looks so different. Uh she's got the bangs, which I know a lot of people really like. So yeah, I, I like this design a lot. Uh you know I too, yeah. This is this is like a thumbs in the middle, thumbs up. Maybe a forty-five degree kind of a kind of a thumbs up here. Uh, the, the real star of A Link Between Worlds is Princess Hilda. Uh, I think that her right. character arc is like very, it's very cool. But you wouldn't get her character arc without Princess Zelda kind of being who she is. Again, this is kind of a Zelda that's already like reached that maturity where like she's wise and she she's very much like a flawless character which is, you know, it's okay. It can be a little bit boring, but I think that it sort of works in this game because you do have that dark counterbalance in in Princess Hilda. So, yeah, I I mean, she gets captured. Uh, Take a drink if you've (laughs) heard that before. But um, the end of the game where where she restores Rule's Triforce, I think is is a kind of a cool little touch. Um, You know, she does give the classic Bow of Light, which is actually used in a really cool way in a link between worlds, so... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't complain a whole lot about Zelda in this game. I, again, kind of like Twilight Princess, this just isn't her story. It's it's the story of Hilda, it's the story of Ravio, it's the story of, of Yuga, it's the story of Low Rule. So, Zelda isn't really there to do a whole lot, other than, you know, her, her moment at the end of the game.
1: Yeah, I would agree. So, to be fair, like, again, this isn't her story, it's Hilda's story, so... Uh, but I I also really like her design. I know I get I get some uh <laughs> some flag from mossies when I say that it seems random that they chose this design to be in Smash Bros. But to me it does seem a little bit random because like for the longest time you had Ocarina of Time Zelda and Sheik and then you had Twilight Princess Zelda and they just seem like such like easy fighters and characters to put in smash bros so then the, you have this kind of childish zelda that they put into smash bros it just seemed odd like an odd choice like i'm not against the choice it just felt random to me um but i do like her design i think she's very pretty um i like uh you got this like mesh between 2d 3d style and the link between worlds so when she turns around it's it's more than a lot of the 2Ds, all those that you've seen in the past in games, so she turns around, and it's very, like, she's, like, actually has shapes and stuff like that, that's hard to, like, I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's how I feel, um, about her, and I just say, I'm like, wow, she's really cute, and she has such a good design in this game, but again, she doesn't do that much, she, um, she, like, kind of gives you the pendant of courage, right, and, um, you're just like, oh, okay, cool. I already got one of the things I need. I'm going to go get the other two. And yeah. Impa's like, what are you doing? <laughs> She's like, no, I, I got this. I'm, I am know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then she gets captured. So, again, it's probably like she knows what her role is in the game, and therefore she performs it and then gets captured, and then you save her. So, I mean, there's not much more to her than that. So, I would, I would say thumbs in the middle as well.
0: Okay, well, only one more to talk about here, and... Probably the most polarizing Princess Zelda um, in the entire series here, but in my estimation, one of the best, uh, if not for Skyward Sword. In fact, I think it would be the best. And and we've had the um, we had the opportunity to see this Zelda now in Breath of the Wild and Age of Calamity, and the upcoming Breath of the Wild 2. I'm sure is going to feature this Zelda as well. So a lot of uh, a lot of meat on the bone here for this Princess Zelda, almost worthy of an episode all on to herself. But this is a great Zelda. First and foremost, I love the design. Um, I love the new like tunic that she has. I think it looks really cool. And of course the, uh, the classic, like when you, when you get the Hylia kind of robes, like the classic white dress, I think looks very Mm -hmm. like very regal and very like goddess esque, if you will. Um, but I mean, one of my complaints earlier and I brought it up a few times now is how Zelda is like this perfect character And it can be a little bit hard to relate to her. And I've I've actually heard people say this about, like, Superman. And that's kind of a weird analogy. But, like, when people talk about Superman, it's like, he's so perfect, he can do everything, nothing poses a threat to him, it's hard to relate to him. And I feel like that's somewhat similar with Princess Zelda, because, like, she's so wise, she's so, like, she, she just knows what's right and what's good, that it is hard to relate to her. And this Zelda is so full of flaws that, you know, it, it's it's really one of her main personality traits throughout the entirety of Breath of the Wild and Age of Calamity. She can't access her powers. She gets irrationally mad at Link and jealous over Link. Um, there's friction there with Mipha. There's, there's just a lot of things with this Zelda, and you're just like, this is a flawed character, but so real and so relatable, and you really feel like the the weight of the world on her shoulders and when she does finally you know activate her powers at the end it it feels like a real payoff and it feels like a real achievement and not just something that was like well she's Zelda of course she can do this because that's her destiny it feels like she really earned it and um it it just it felt more more real to me so i i think that this Zelda is is one of the best in the series um you know she she gets she doesn't get captured but she does kind of go away and and fight Clamdy Ganon and that doesn't necessarily make a whole lot of sense how she's what she's doing or where she is or why she hasn't aged or whatever i guess it doesn't really need to make sense to be honest but yeah i i i really love this depiction of zelda it's something new it's something different it's something that it's nintendo realizing that like showing a character's weakness makes them stronger, you know? And, and I think that this Zelda is, is a really good um, example of that.
1: Yeah, so I, if if uh, anybody's talked to me before Age of Calamity came out, they would know that I don't really... I didn't really... I should have that. I didn't really care for this Zelda. She kind of annoyed me because um, I felt like the reason she couldn't access her powers was her own fault. So... Um, you know, kind of like Spider-Man 2 where Peter's like losing his powers because he's like, my life is falling apart because I'm Spider-Man. I'm losing my girl. I'm losing my job. I'm losing my school, my education, and I can't even pay for my rent. And it's all because I'm Spider-Man. So he's like, uh, like psychologically blocking it, his powers, yeah. and then he's not Spider-Man anymore. I felt it was kind of the same with Zelda. She's like, I don't want to have this destiny. I just want to learn and be a scholar. My dad is forcing me to do this and everybody's just on my heels about it 24 7 people are talking behind my back about me and I don't even want this destiny I was just told that I have this destiny so therefore I don't really want to do it and she's psychologically blocking her powers so that's kind of how I felt about her before and I I feel like this is again Breath of the Wild doesn't have the greatest storytelling skills so they kind of did her disservice at least in my eyes where they just made her seem whiny and, like, irrationally jealous of Link and because Link is doing so well and accepting his destiny and that kind of stuff, getting the work done. And then also, she's following up, you know, Skyward Sword Zelda, who's like, yep, this is my destiny. I'm doing it. I'm going to get the job done. So it's just kind Mm -hmm. of, like... It was just kind of something that annoyed me, and then she, her powers finally activate because of her love for Link, which is also bothered me because I wanted her to activate her powers on her own, from her own strength, not because she loved Link and had, is losing Link. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, that kind of bothered me. But then we got Age of Calamity, and we got so much more of her backstory, and we understand the actual, like, emotional... And, like, uh, psychological abuse that she gets from her father, whether it's intended or not. Like, he messed her up. Like, I felt so bad for her. And I was like, okay, that's what's blocking her powers. Not because she's just whining and doesn't want to do her destiny. It's because there's, like, these impossible standards that she has to meet. And no matter how hard she seems to try, she can't achieve them. So she's trying to think of other ways to get the job done, like learning about the Sheikah technology, um, testing the Sheikah technology, going out and exploring and examining them to see how they can help versus, you know, running herself ragged, sitting in a uh, freezing spring for hours and hours on end, trying to activate her powers that are not working. So... You could see that she does have agency more in Age of Calamity than she, she did in Breath of the Wild, or at least the Memories right. you have in Breath of the Wild. She was trying to get the job done. It just wasn't working the way that her father wanted it to work. So that's why it just seemed like she was whining and stuff in Breath of the Wild. So I have since changed my mind. I think she's a fantastic Zelda. She has flaws, which is great. She's more relatable. And she's not just like the standard princess with magical powers that we've seen up until this point and you kind of get like way more in depth with her as a person. Right. So yeah. I actually think she's, uh I would say she's second best to Skyward Sword Zelda.
0: Yeah. I I don't know what it was. It's just like, we've seen Zelda as this like perfect character for so long that it was just like so refreshing to see a Zelda full of flaws and like acting in a way that's very unbecoming for a princess to act and like how she gets mad at Link and, and storms off and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. which really helped build up that relationship too, because that's another one where I was like, I was kind of rooting for them, not necess- not on the same level as I was with, with Zelda from Skyward Sword, but in a, in a different kind of way where like, I, I felt like I really wanted Zelda to like unlock her powers. And I feel like it's kind of like a cool, I don't know, little, little story thread that they introduced where like, you said it earlier, this Zelda doesn't necessarily want to be like this this divine princess she wants to build stuff she's interested in in sheikah technology and like the this other stuff but like can't really she she's not allowed to do that because she's supposed to be this princess and i and i think that that's like a very interesting story thread as well and it's like you know if we had only listened to zelda and and let her embrace what she wanted to could we have avoided this whole thing um you know could she have stopped the guardians from going rogue could she have, whatever, like, I think that that's just a very interesting story that they tell, and they tell that, um, as well in Age of Calamity, a little bit more in depth, but, like, yeah, I, I think that there's just, like, so much, there, there's so many interesting threads with this Zelda, and it's such a different interpretation that this is, yeah, it's, it's a real big favorite of mine, plus, talking about Age of Calamity Zelda for a quick second, I love playing as Age of Calamity Zelda, both, like, the, um, the light arrow version and with the Sheikah Slate. I thought that that was really cool and like mm-hmm. uh, I always really enjoy doing that. So that that kind of helped with that bond as well is just being able to play as that character.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, and she also like the way she goes into war and battles is also pretty like amazing. She's only what, 17? And she's just like She's, like, giving these, like, rousing speeches and making everybody feel like they, like, they really have a chance against this calamity that's just insane and imposing. And then also, like, throughout the different, like, missions, you know, you can hear her, like, leading her, leading her troops. She's like, to me, you know, let's go, let's do this. And I just think that's also really cool because, you know, like I said, it I, at first I felt like she wasn't taking charge and she was trying to just avoid everything and just kind of whining but she really wasn't. She was trying to get things done a different way, and she does have leadership. She does have wisdom, and she does have like, uh, the the ability to be a divine princess, even though it's not necessarily what she wants.
0: Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Two two big thumbs up here for Breath of the yeah. Wild and Age of Calamity Zelda. By God, I hope we're seeing more Princess Zelda, uh, very soon in the near future. So, there we go. Um. Well, there it is, Alison. Uh, all of the Zeldas. Uh, Not ranked, but discussed at least. Uh, Of course, we'll be we'll be back to talk about Skyward Sword Zelda soon. Hopefully, we see Breath of the Wild uh, Princess Zelda show up very, very soon at E three, and you know maybe maybe there'll even be a new Zelda from a new game sometime soon in the future. That would be pretty nice.
1: Yeah, that would be cool. I'd be excited to see how her character changes in the future.
0: There you go. Um, alright, well, nothing has changed this week, another FANTASTIC episode of the Champions Cast, if I do say so myself. Uh, we want to thank you guys for tuning in this week, and of course we want to know what your favorite and least favorite versions of Princess Zelda are. Uh, hit us up over on Twitter, at Spateri316, at Allison Aletha, and of course over on Discord at the Champions Cast uh, channel over on zeldadungeon.net's Discord server. Um, that is it, that is all, we are going to get out of here for the week. Uh, But we want to remind you guys that you can head on over to Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Go and like and subscribe. Tell that Zelda fan in your life where they can get their Zelda fix. And, uh, of course, leave us that sweet five-star review if you think we've earned it. That is it for this week, guys. Until next week, take care.